Hello, Twisted listeners. Okay, so I know I say at the beginning of every episode, I am so excited, but I really am so excited today. Today, we have Jake Kaiser with us, who is my friend from a lifetime ago. Um, She is the author of the book that you have heard Kim and I talking about several times, multiple Mm -hmm. times on the podcast, Daffodil Hill, Uprooting My Life, Buying a Farm and Learning to Bloom. So we're so happy to have you, Jake. I'm so excited. I love, I loved it. Loved, loved, loved it. Thank you. Yeah. I'm so glad you did. And I really appreciate this. It's, it's makes it more special that it's someone from my past. I, I told Kim, I think that we met in a bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I think I hit on you. Uh, I hit on you and Kathy because Jen and her and her friend at the time, Kathy, were having so much fun in this bar and they were in the bathroom just having a great time. And I was like, like literally, I she was like, I need some friends. You guys, you <laughs> like, it was like it was here. like being on the swings when you were like five and just being like, do you want to be my friend? And we were fast and furious friends. Instant. I mean, instant. It was from every mm-hmm. every night we went out after that and and you guys are my only friends. I had just moved there and and that doesn't always work by the way. <laughs> I tried that method a couple of the times. And Can I, I be your friend? I'm like, I'm not here. Like, yeah. I just want to be your friend. I think we got fun. Y'all are having a great time. And they're just yeah. like, You're weird. Well, that's no, just personality. Exactly. I mean, we met and like a day later <laughs> we were best friends, like we're inseparable, like at the school and yeah. okay, you know, so yeah. um I don't know. That is you, Jen. You are definitely yeah. somebody. Well, we I'm so glad that I wasn't like, no, I don't want to be your friend. I was thrilled. But, you know, we were friends back in the day when there were no cell phones. They were, I mean, maybe some people had them, but they were like the big bricks and like, like we completely 100% lost touch. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. And so yes. I think, I think Facebook yes. got us back yeah. together. But that I don't think I got on that until like 2007, and I just started yes, gradually exactly. finding people. I was so excited when I when we found each other on Facebook. So I have a huge confession. I think I saw you in a grocery store one time in like St. Peter, Tampa. When my I think yep. I was either hugely pregnant or had just had Brooke, and you like looked fabulous, and I wasn't 100 percent sure it was you. And I like feel like now I'm like, oh my God, I'm so mad. Why didn't I say something? But I, it was, it was <laughs> definitely you. And I was like, why didn't I like say something? But it was like my own insecurity that kept me from being like, Jake. I'm guilty yeah. of that too, Jen. If I look like crap, I, like, I, I, I was avoid. like, oh my God, contact. Or if I don't feel good about yeah, myself. Which is, we've all been there. I mean, it's so stupid. But we though. don't usually confess it, which I'm pretty impressed about. Well, I would take it back now if I could, or maybe I I don't know, maybe I was dealing with a tantrum. I'm not sure why, but I remember being like, I think that's Jake, but I look like hell. And like, that's so sad. And now I want to cry. Your book made me self-reflect more than like anything I have read or done or watched probably in my entire freaking life. That That's a huge statement. <laughs> Just your, I think your I mean, self-reflection yeah. in the book oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, made me really think about like just everything. It, it It's just, it's a soul, it's a soul moving book. Like you look at, you read it and you're just like, because there's not one person on this planet who doesn't have that something they're thinking about. No, I always thought it was because you were interested in chickens before this all happened and you were looking online for chickens and stuff. But I think it's one of those things like we're always so scared to change and to leave. And that's one of the things we talked about on the podcast with our leaving education. And Jen just took it and did it and got a job. Um, but, you know, I always, I'm always like, I just want to go to Italy. I want to write my novel and I want like minimal, you know, I have this vision of even what my hair looks like. And I'm just like, God, <laughs> you know, what does um, your, what does your hair look like? It's just all cut short and blonde. It's like short, short. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I, wow. Oh, wow. yeah. And so I'm just thinking like, well, you know, why, why not? And, you know, I've got, I've got a manuscript that I haven't gotten published and whatever, and I, I've gotten it edited and stuff. So I'm amazed. I'm going to hear about your writing process too, because that fascinates me as well. But 
It is a book. I mean, you went, that was not easy what you did. So I know you, you've written it in the book, but mm-hmm. when you started, what was like that final piece when you decided that you were going to buy the farm? What was it? Or are you going to move into the farm? Like, cause when you got there, it wasn't really what it was kind of run down. And it, it was just not what I envisioned. I envisioned something with character that was truly old, not yeah. 1960s. Yeah. Like 1920. You know, old with, you know, with bathtub, gross. I wasn't envisioning that. The land itself, and I had just rolled in from Tampa after a long drive, and there was tremendous peace around. I'm watching. I'm watching um, dragonflies fly around, and I could hear the wind through the trees. Mm-mm, I could never right. hear that in the city, and it just it just gripped me. And I'm looking at the house. I knew I had to make the decision immediately. They already had another offer and they were holding the offer for 48 hours for me to get here to look at it. And I just, they had a a set of old chimes Mm. on the porch and a porch swing and some, uh, some rocking chairs. And I just thought, I just, can I just sit here (laughs) in these people's porch and just be by myself? And can I make them leave so I can feel what it'll feel like? And I couldn't. And I just, I had no intention of doing this when I did. I thought it'd be a retirement thing. I had just moments to decide. And I looked around. I thought, I have to do this. Yeah. There was just something deep inside. Yes, I have to do this. And and then there was a safety net that popped up immediately. I'm like, I can always go back to Tampa. But once you make that decision and you make that jump, I didn't recognize is that right changed. Do you think if you had a longer time to kind of marinate and think about it, that you would you've made the same decision? Hell no. I agree that sometimes, and I don't know if it's a personality, if it's a personality thing or maybe, I don't know. I'm the same way. Like I can see decisions ahead of me, like the paths. Does that make, like I can see if I make this decision, um, and I can usually make a decision really quickly, but that doesn't mean it's always the right decision. Well, and, and people go about life in different ways. And I know people that <laughs> never make a decision, never make an adult decision and life keeps lobbing bombs in their, into their faces and they'd still do nothing. Um, so there's all types of personalities, but for me, I, I'm so glad that I made that snap decision to jump. Because had mm-hmm. I gone back to Tampa without making that commitment that scared the crap out of me, um, I would have it would have passed and I would have forgotten that underlying peace that I felt and all the sensory um, things that were going on around me, like the sounds and the, the lack of uh, oh, yeah. exhaust smell, um, just all the different things that mean so much to me to this day. And and when I got home after that, I kept thinking, I just want those people out of that house. As much as I hate that house, (laughs) I I belong. I need, I need to get there. (laughs) I need to get there. And I, I, and I didn't know why, because I didn't want to leave, but all my friends' lives were going on. They were, I was divorced with no children. They were getting married and having babies. And, and I was just stuck and I had lost all, I was deflated. I'd lost all my creativity and I didn't. I felt like a Which, loser. Yeah. You so, you were having lots of anxiety, right? Well, the crazy thing is it was so bad that I felt like I was carrying another human being all the time and it would manifest. I've asked people where they, when they tell me they have anxiety as mm-hmm. well, that's debilitating. It's interesting to me that it manifests in different areas of their body. For me, it was, you know, right, right here. And I... I just couldn't breathe. And I'm so grateful that I don't have that anymore. Even when I go stand up in front of a crowd of people, yeah. I don't have that anxiety. It's just, I can't, it's, yeah, it's, I have debilitating yeah, it's, it's, anxiety at, at times. That's, and, and again, I'm always thinking about like, it's usually events and people and guilt and uh, things I can't control. And, you know, the fear of something that might happen. I mean, I create a lot of things in my head that are fictitious that would never happen ever because you think about the worst case scenario. So how long have you been in, in the, at the farm? It was okay. 10 years, uh, November. 
I moved my, th- my 38th year I moved and I don't regret it. I, I, it took me years to be like, why, why am I doing this? Why did I do this? Because I still had the anxiety. It took years oh. to get rid of that. But once it left, it has never come back. So now when I meet people with anxiety, yeah. I, I get it. And, um, it's horrible. And I would not want my life to be that way ever again. But for some reason it just have, I mean, lots of bad things happen. I just don't, I'm just steady now. Yeah. It's like, okay, yeah, <laughs> that happened. Um, but I don't, I don't get that anxiety yeah. where I want to hide. <laughs> where I feel assaulted by something yeah. outside. That's a great way me. to put that. Because it, you didn't invite it in and it's there it's, and it's, it's taking over and you're like, you're okay, seriously, you need to go now. And it's just then you have to then go through a process of getting rid of the anxiety. Um, that's one of the reasons I don't, I don't drive. Well, and I honestly didn't get rid of it. I listened to it. Finally, I was so exhausted from it and I, I just let it take me. And I went down the path of all these yeah. traumas mm-hmm. that I had experienced and, and one by one. And then in a moment, and I will never know how this happened. There was no therapy involved. It was literally going through the worst dark night of the soul and going through that process of thinking about all these. I just, I'm like, okay, here's what I'm, here's what I'm experiencing anxiety about with all these things that were from my past. And when I looked at them, I had this realization all along it wasn't trying to kill me. I, I was running and it was really my friend. It was really saying, look, just look. All we want you to do is look. Looking right. at it will not kill you. And in that moment, it, it was as if somebody just shoved hope and and happiness and peace right inside of me. And it stayed. And And I mean... For months, even a couple of years, I mm. thought, okay, it's going to come back. I was preparing for it to come back and it did not. And I, I am so grateful for that because I, my heart goes out to you and everyone who, who carries that with them. But for me, and I never want to tell anyone how to, right, to right. do there to manage themselves. But for me, it wasn't something that I could have had therapy with. Right. I wasn't going to talk about it. Um, and I'm just that way. I'll manage it on my own. Thank you very much. And we'll see where that got me. But eventually, somehow, I hit rock bottom. And in a moment of just surrendering to that anxiety and not closing my eyes or my mind to it, it just, I just let it take me. And I just went, we're going to do this because I'm not doing this anymore. I will not be here. And so I did not expect to return from that pond. That's that's amazing. I mean, it it is so refreshing to hear somebody who can has found happiness because most of the time we we talk to people they're miserable or they're you know they're they're not happy in the space they're in and they don't know how to get out of it and that's why I think we've done such a benefit for so many teachers because Jen just Mm -hmm. grabbed just got out she's like here we go I want to get out before I'm a a total jerk and hate education um you know and I think that you I think that inspiration, especially this book, when I mean, I bought the book and I have the audio um, and I went through and made a couple of notes and thinking about that. And, um, you know, the beginning of, of the book, when you're part, kind of, you know, having your Bloody Mary in the morning and the shoes and the whole thing, I was like, that's pretty cool. I mean, I've we've, <laughs> we've, we've lived that life, um, not not with the shoes as much, but it's it's just such a stark change because you think those things are what's making you content. Yeah, because I I put a bandit over my life, the, the shitty parts of my life oh, yeah. through shopping. So all those things meant that all those things were a moment in time that I was happy yeah. mm-hmm. for a little tiny bit. And now half that crap has dust on it and I don't care. Uh, I still like very nice things. I just doesn't, there's things are very different. I just, it's not a big deal to me. Um, but, and I think, I think part and, in the book, there's a part where I'm sitting on my porch swing and I'm thinking about everything from consumerism and how I shop to um, relationships in my life. And I started evaluating everything. Like, why, why do I drink wine? <laughs> yeah, I, saw, I read that part. And I was like, <laughs> and, 
Uh, and, yeah. and I was embarrassed about it. I'm like, I am not sophisticated if I yeah. don't drink wine. Well, <laughs> that's silly. Um, and I started thinking, why, why do I care about the, the only people who had judged me for that aren't my friends anyway. And I started thinking how ridiculous I was in a lot of ways in life. And I, I that process started well before I, I ended up hitting rock bottom. So I did have somewhat of a foundation of processing and, and giving myself permission to do that. Is this person right. really healthy for me? Is this situation healthy for me or is it killing me slowly? Now I approach everything. I don't go after anything anymore. I, the things that come to me, they, they show up. And if the energy that it's bringing feels good to me and I can meet that and match that, that means everything wow. to me now. And before I would just chase, chase, chase. Maybe I'd get something. Maybe I wouldn't. Um, but now I just approach things in a, in a different way because I don't want that anxiety to come back. So to me, it's about my own authenticity and how I live in my own body. That authenticity is so interesting because we do play different parts around different people. And I think mm, the older we yes. get, you know, yes. it's like, I really don't, I'm not that person. And and the older I get, I just, I don't know if it's, I don't, I, I don't care to impress somebody or um, th- I think once you're a little bit more aware that you're just authentic you with whomever you're with, and then people will drop off or, or they'll stay. We, we do adjust to our audience. There, there was a part in the book that you were kind of dirty and your nails were messed up and your hair was, you know, not fixed or whatever. And you just kind of had this moment. Well, in that moment that you're, what you're talking about in that moment, that was, that was my spiral where I did actually hit rock bottom because that time I still cared about what other people were thinking, but I also just wasn't okay emotionally. Um, but yes, now my nails aren't really mission critical. And I, I have, if I have splits, right. eh. <laughs> it's okay. Um, but it's just about everyone, everyone's individual path to authenticity. What will make you uh, feel good about yourself? And if that one little thing, whether it's accepting that glass of wine, whatever it is that does it doesn't resonate with you, just don't do it. And, and I found that people either, like you said, drop out of your life or they respect your boundaries. Um, and then what's really amazing is the people who I thought were frenemies or didn't like me are now friends and people I respect. And a lot of great things happen when you start following your own authenticity. For whatever it is, it's your guidance. We all have it. We've all heard it a million times. It's the truth. And the more you listen to it, the more it speaks to you. Wow. That's insightful. We're processing. You didn't tell your friends in Tampa that you were, that you were leaving, right? Like you just kind Very few knew. I didn't tell my clients. I pretty much lied to everybody except for a handful of people Mm -hmm. that I couldn't have lied to because I would have. I mean, I was in a bad state and, and I'm one of those people that I don't seek help when I'm not okay. I Mm -hmm. go into my shell and I process it. And I actually, that is an authentic thing that I do for myself. And that's just how I do it. But yeah, I didn't tell people because when I finally came out of, of the closet about it, what I had done, there were people that I cared about, one specifically who I overheard. Someone else told me that uh, yeah. I lost my mind. And I was like, wow, that's, that's exactly well, way why better I didn't tell to anybody. defend your decision in retrospect when you either admit, like, if it had not gone well, you would have been the first to be like, well, that didn't go the way I thought it was. <laughs> well, I went a little nuts and moved to Mississippi and never touched a chicken, <laughs> yeah. but I did it. The chicken stories yeah, kill me. Like or, the- uh, <laughs> or, in hindsight, it was the best decision you could have ever made. And oh, well, sorry, you felt that way. It, like, it's easier to deal with yeah. it after the fact. You know, and that's the whole thing about saying you've lost your well, mind, because that's such a, you know, maybe you did, you know, and but a horrible thing to hear. And this was before the the whole people starting yeah. to get okay with yeah. emotional and mental illnesses. 
Um, because a lot of people think that that's a lifelong thing. No, that can be a psychosis in the moment that that could be, you know, a couple months that could be hormonal. There's a lot of things that could be, but that was not okay. When I did this, everything's changed now in some ways for the better with people being able to be who they be honest. And I think it starts with that and you have to be honest with yourself first, but you know, in my defense with, with her saying she had lost her mind, um, well, I may have, and <laughs> like I said in the book, but I, I found my soul, I got it back and, you know, I didn't seek a book deal. So everything came to me once I healed. And because I had made such a drastic decision, such a big, big change, um, to, to learn a new lifestyle. And I feel like the the universe, God has rewarded that. It took time. Yeah. I had to go through a lot, but I, and I had to ultimately had faith in myself and the decision I made. But all of a sudden, you know, I start the blog. I, pe- most people want to write a book their whole life. That was not me. Um, I had no thought of it. Um, and I just started the blog and then got discovered within oh, 30 wow. days of starting it. By Cosmopolitan Magazine, wow. and then People Magazine, and Cosmo said, "You're the only one doing this, and people are knocking your blog off." And I was like, "What? what? It's been up 30 days, and it was nuts." And then all of that publicity, and then the agents, and then um, the publishers, and and here we are. So I believe that you don't do these things for reward, but I'm telling you, if you do the hard thing that you think is hard, and it could be something mm-hmm. that you think is silly or that you think other people will think is silly. Um, I personally believe that when you go through that and you find the courage to, to make that change, it may not happen right away, but so I believe what you get was, rewarded. And, I, and I, I'm just amazed at how the blog kind of inspired everything else. Um, what was your writing process like? So when you took a book deal, you'd never written a book before, but you obviously write and that, you know, the blog was probably something that you enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Well, the blog, is, the blog is what got me discovered. And, you know, I say in the book that I had that dream of my grandfather saying, you need to get up and show your, mm-hmm. show your life to the world. And that's the last thing I wanted to do. Cause I felt very like a butterfly. It just came out of its cocoon. I felt ugh, fragile and yeah. anyone could have knocked me off, off that limb. And so I, I didn't want to do it, but I was like, you know what, <laughs> at least I'll show mm-hmm. some of the beautiful parts. So I did that you know, in the first few blogs, just some recipes and whatever else. And then I kept having the number 30 come to me and it means nothing to me, but it kept coming on the 30th blog, the 30th day. I said, I'm going to, I'm going to commit to writing one blog every day about anything. And then I decided to, to pepper it a little bit with some heart wrenching mm-hmm. things that had happened, um, that several of them made it into the book. And that's how I ended up getting, getting discovered on the 30th day. 30th blog, four hours later, I get an oh email wow. from Cosmo. Yeah. yeah. But my writing process, because I knew it was a memoir and I knew what I was going to have to talk about, um, I rushed through it. I wrote it in six weeks. Um, obviously, the, the editing process takes a lot longer, okay. but wow. the original document I wrote in six weeks because I didn't. I was afraid to relive those traumas. I was afraid to relive what I had done down by the pond and what, you know, holding my baby and everything that I had gone through. I didn't want to think I was right, afraid it was right. going to drag me. There's some heavy in. stuff that you went through. Like, yeah, it did not. It's been heavy. And listen, we cut a lot of heavy stuff out. It, 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 you know, and you look at some people and a lot of people who have interesting lives yeah. Um, yeah. have gone through a lot of shit. And, and we tend to be very private, but I was putting it out there and I'm like, screw it. What's the worst that could happen? People just judge. Ju- every, yeah. but everybody judges everybody. Like I, I think, but t- some, when I was reading yeah. at the beginning and your losses and the babies and I was just like, oh my God, like this is so, uh, it, it's like you trusted, you trusted that that story was not only going to help people, but people could then relate to what you were going mm-hmm. to. Well, and I want to give people what I didn't have. Right. I didn't right. have support. And it's not because it's not because no one would have supported me. It's because it just people just would always say, well, you'll have another. You're young. And they 
<laughs> they do well, say no, that. There's a lot of knee-jerk commentaries and, that people say. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and and this is coming from mostly women. So I didn't know, but I thought I'm just gonna. I want to put my story out there in the most non-judgmental way and not preachy. That's just talking about how I what I went through and how I got through it and what I experienced. And I just decided to put everything out there as well as I could and hope that I would connect to people who needed it. And that's been the best gift that I could have given to myself. And I really think it takes a woman who's been through it to, to understand. I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't know that you can't, I mean, you can have empathy, but it's, it's hard. There's so much. It's just like when that doctor told me women have been doing this for for thousands of years. It's not a big deal. Well, it's oh, it's like a heavy period. And no, <laughs> yeah, it is not. It's nothing like that. I was still throwing up from morning sickness for weeks. And one of the other people, well, you can go have, yeah, you know, eat whatever you want. And I was like, y'all are acting like this is a celebration. Yeah. It, it, they don't tell you the hormones are still in your system for a no, good I amount of time. Yeah, it's there. It doesn't just go away. And your it's a race because it happens to everybody. Is what I, I was told. And so you think about it, it is devastating. It's just, you know, and reading that and then seeing how you, you've healed. I, you know, in the writing process of six weeks, I, I totally get the trauma piece of it. But you were very detailed in those areas. If you're going to tell a story, you got to tell a story. You got to tell it from the, all the pieces of that story, even if it makes you your ugly part show. Yes. And I knew, I knew people would have, I mean, I look like an idiot yeah. in several parts of it. But it is the truth. So I wrote it. So what are your, I know you, I'm sure you've got a million positive reviews because I. The, this book is amazing. But what are the other reviews that you're getting? Like, what are people's, if you do have any, I, I wouldn't, I don't know if you do, but every there's somebody out there who's going to be mean about something. I've been pretty lucky with that. Honestly, the the negative that has come to me has been silly things, which um, like, how did I not know that Paul was um hanging out with the other girl and probably wasn't telling me the truth i'm like i i i know this and it was painful to write it <laughs> because okay. i looked so like they were just nitpicking picking right, little things but it happened mm-hmm. um yeah and it, it's specific mm-hmm. triggers that people have that's one and i know it's almost always from women who did it themselves and they feel guilt or shame or whatever they're, they're having feelings around it i get it um and then i have guys that that will say things to me. Um, for instance, one recently was, he had an issue with my calling an ex, um, a relationship (laughs) monkey going from relationship (laughs) to relationship without a break. And, and that, and I said, listen, you guys don't want women that sleep around. Y'all judge us for that kind of stuff because it makes us not special in your eyes. The exact same thing is true for me towards you guys. If I, I'm going to judge you off of the last person that off the people that you've dated, because I want to make sure that they're the caliber that I want in my life. You're, you should be here to add something to my life and help, mm-hmm. help me make it better. And if you, if, if it makes you not special to me, if you've gone out with 15 different women in the past month and you keep posting with them on social media, that tells me that you have very low self-esteem and it's not a judgment. It's just, it is what it is. You're at where you're at and I'm at where I am or I am where I'm at and (laughs) talking to teachers. (laughs) Um, So yes, I've had mostly moments or, or sections of the book that trigger people and I'm okay with it because I, I have that too. I mean, look at how I, I hated Elizabeth Gilbert because of one thing she said in the book. Ruin is a I, gift. You know, I was, when I read that, because I I ran away to Italy in 2012 for a week. I didn't tell anybody. I told my dad I was going to Florida. <laughs> it was right <laughs> It was right at the precipice of, of a divorce. And I just remember I was sitting in my closet and I had wine and all these postcards. And it was my friends who had been all over the world. And I was like, screw this shit. I got on the phone. I booked a ticket. I booked the hotel. Didn't even think twice about it. It was probably one of the best things I've done. And I, t- I told that I'm going to go to Florida. I just need, I'm freaking Italy. I went to Florence for a week. And um, 
I remember when I got back, my principal thought I had lost it. Now that's what is bringing like your story brings up like memories. And he's like, do you need help? I'm like, everybody needs help. He said, you went to Italy by yourself. Like I sure as hell did. And it was phenomenal, but I had, See, that's well, the opposite of needing help. It, it was freedom. That's freedom. And I didn't have to talk to anybody. I didn't have to speak my, in, you know, I, I was so tired of hearing my own voice talk about all the things, even in my head, the voice mm-hmm. in our heads. And um, I got back to a lot of people who were not like, how was your trip? It was like, how could you do something like that? I could never do something like that by myself. Right. They, right. Yeah. They could yeah. never do something like that. That's not yeah. about you. But, but you did what you needed to do. And listen, I'm, I'm all about that. I, I mean, there's, there's nothing more interesting than a foreign country mm-hmm. where people don't sound anything like you. Sometimes they look nothing like you and you are living in your, uh, it was kind of like me being here mm-hmm. in silence. You're living in your own head. When you do that, you're extricating yourself from you're vacating your life, even if it's, you know, for a short period of time. Oh, it did. And that can I was, give you a lot of clarity. I was out of there. <laughs> <laughs> I sounds like you need to go back. No. So, okay, <laughs> I cracked up so much at your story of like when you went for the walk or the run. I don't remember if you were walking or oh my god, and the, and the cows. <laughs> yeah, they really freaked me out, and i i can't I can't run yes. because yes. I will hold my boobs, and it's embarrassing. And you can't run well when you're doing that. You know, you're kind of like, oh, it's not very fast. <laughs> But yeah, the cows scared me at first. They are They're huge. huge. I was laughing. We talked about that too, that story. I think we were t- either texting or we talked about the podcast. Um, yeah. The snake, that one stayed with me for a little while. And it was, I loved it. No. And it Sorry. was good because it was, it was around the mother of nature's an asshole part. Or just when you were talking about just when you think you got it, they, sh- she shows you, you know, what, what reality is. And isn't it interesting that, that, I've noticed that mother nature is a, just a reflection of us because she is wasteful. Absolutely. And can be wonderful and can be protective and nurturing and life giving. Oh yeah. But she can bring death and destruction and in many, many ways. And we're that way too. She's multifaceted. So are we, it depends on, you know, what's going on and, and what brings what out in us. But I I've seen it so many times, even from just the squirrels <laughs> wasting my pecans, it drives me insane. <laughs> waste. If you're going to, why do you take a bite and drop it? It was a perfectly good nut. You could have a few of those and I'll give them to you, but you can't go biting into all of them and throwing them at me. Yeah. So, so mother nature, I just, I, I, it was very interesting to see how much humanity is reflected in our natural surroundings and you know there's health and death but you have a new baby goat yes i do i had i have okay uh, two little girls right now Uh, two twins she had triplets but unfortunately uh, the boy was stillborn and i had to hold him while she mourned uh, which was difficult that's always difficult um i identify so heavily with the motherhood that happens out here um and to have a, a death like that where she just it was horrible i i oh. knew if she could cry she would and she was ignoring the little girls and the little girls were tiny or are tiny so i let her i held him you know we cried over him and then i said it's time i gotta take him and you need to be with your little girls and now they're fine and and she's letting the nurse and everything she's a great mom but yes. that's painful oh, that's and so she sad. needed that time to think and about he, an animal morning. I just, I don't think that would, uh, that would normally just be a thought in my head. I guess it makes sense. Of course it makes sense. Yes. I don't, some don't, um, you know, it is a, there's definitely personalities within every species I've had from chickens, the dogs, cats, the, the goats, they have different personalities and some are more motherly or fatherly than others. Some attach to different things or they're <laughs> friends with everybody. And it's been a fascinating thing to witness. But certainly uh, motherhood 
can wreck some of these animals. And I, I can't predict which ones. Some of them who are very standoffish wow. don't get over things mm. easily. And yeah. like the, like the duck in the ugly duckling story. Um, I, that yeah. she was like that for a few months <laughs> where I'm like, I, I don't think she's going to make it. And that's crazy for a duck yeah. to not go out on a pond. I mean, she just would just sit there and I'm like, I, I knew she was dying until I found that or that, that poor abused baby. And it was instantaneous. And I mean, I don't even think it was five minutes oh before she had him under her wing and I'd never seen anything like it. So I don't know if these things are just happening to me. And I don't think so because I've mm-hmm. connected with a lot of other women that, that no, none of them are single doing this, but the ones that, that are, um, or the, the, the women who are doing this have also seen the motherhood theme when there's yeah. loss and it isn't always, but there are some that are just very sensitive. And I have some animals that they're very drawn to special needs, um, people and that, and others that want mm-hmm. nothing to do with it. Um, and that is very special to me too. So I, I don't know how to explain it other than it's just personalities and <laughs> depth of character and depth of feeling <laughs> with these different animals but it is true i mean wow. you hear about it periodically even in the news dogs finding their owner yeah. after yes. being lost for a year or whatever and going across the country you can't predict it and then others like i've got one dog that uh luca who's in the book he will never leave my side he he is you know, my baby and he's so attached to these animals. He but you had to train him, him to get there. I remember reading that uh, that wasn't an easy uh, process. Yeah. It was three years of hell. And I, a lot of times I didn't like him yeah. at all. There were times when I hated him because I couldn't understand. Well, now I have a new puppy who's almost two. He just wants to hang out. You know, he, he's not attached to the animals. And I did the same, same way. I, I raised them in the same way. Mm-hmm. So the part where you had Luca um, groomed and got all the matting off, I was just like, and then when you explained why they were like, it made such sense. It did. I would never have thought that. Yes. And, and I, I educate people who come out here with that because um, I pay attention to when he has knots or when my other dog has knots and where they're developing them and you make sure they're not quite, they're not touching the skin, but they fight. Everything is their job and their desire to guard and their, you know, all they have is that armor. So I I didn't know. And you don't know what you don't know. And the thing about dogs and cats is we, most of us just grew up with them and we don't really think about it. We don't really think about what the different Mm -hmm. breeds are used for or how they go through life, what their actual needs are. And I felt silly that I had never processed that. <laughs> I look at all the other animal behavior and I was reading books like Desmond Morris and psychology of animals. And it was fascinating. How did I not do that for my own dog? I, I could have probably done a lot better with Luca had I understood him more because he wasn't killing because he wanted to eat something. It was completely yeah. accidental. And he, you could, and it, you could tell he doesn't even want to kill even predators. He doesn't want to do it and you can see it, but he's going to, because he knows that if he doesn't, they will kill what he loves. And, um, you know, my other puppy, he'll, he'll kill whatever, you know, he didn't think twice about killing a predator. It's just what he's going to do. Luca, it, it, it almost breaks my heart every time because he, his heart isn't in it. He's doing it in service of not of me, but of, of his, livestock that he's grown up with and protected. Wow. So chickens, do you still order (laughs) chicks and like get special, special chickens still? Yeah, sometimes, um, sometimes I do, but, uh, but now I, I mostly, I mean, this is a baby making (laughs) factory out here and there's (laughs) nothing you can do about it. It just happens whether I want it to or not. (laughs) Uh, oh yeah, they're still having way more <laughs> sex than I could ever have. <laughs> it's constant, and it's embarrassing when there's people here. I'm like, it's just okay. They're just yeah. It's a farm, and there's a lot of sex and poop. 
I think that's a t-shirt. It's a farm. There's a lot of sex and poop. <laughs> just just sum it up. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for the idea, Kim. Yeah, I mean, it's just fascinating. I know your farm is a nonprofit and that you're, it is not. Okay. Currently it is not. Because I started getting busy, I couldn't really, and there's oh. been a creep factor to having a book coming out when you're, when people know oh, you're yeah. single yeah. and live out in the country, you become a target, get a lot of mail and weird things that show up. letters from people um yeah so i i i cut that for a little while so that i can it's a self-protective thing and but people still come out i still families come out all the time people from out of town uh, they just reach out to me and i'm totally happy you know to show them around and let them experience the animals and i still i I need a lot of help with the babies because you have to tame them so they have to be held by a lot of different people so I'm still very open to the public. I'm just not right as out there. So for now, I severed yeah. the nonprofit for now. Well, just absolutely, yeah. As a self. So how did you take care of the farm when you were? I mean, did you do many book tours? You went, or were they more local to you? I, I've done mostly local, and then I do a lot of book club okay. where I call in to book clubs, um, and it's really fun because usually it's a surprise. And they don't know what to expect. So and I guess I don't know if a lot of authors do that or not, but none of the book clubs I've spoken with is that they've ever had that happen. So it's really fun when you call in and they're like, what? Oh she my gosh. That's awesome. The book, and they can ask me questions. Well, I'm, and I'm really glad to hear to that because um, we are voting for our book for the book club at work. And I think we're going mm-hmm. with a boring book, but um, I kind of was like, I might, if we go with this book, I might be able to have my friend come on and talk to us. So, yeah. No, I think Thanks we're going to get there. I- well, I'll tell you this. Um, I'm happy to talk to any book club. If they're local, like I, uh, if they're local, then I can obviously go to them. And I've most of my, all of my book signings have been in the South where I can kind of just drive because I, oh. I don't like to leave. And- my babies. It seems like it would be difficult to find the help that you need. I mean, I have two Australian shepherds and not many people can milk a goat. So, so if they can't milk a goat and they don't understand mm-hmm. animal behavior, um, you know, I, I've come home to oh. hurt animals or sick animals just from being gone a couple of days. They're, they're toddlers. Yeah. Sounds like I, mean, I would be the worst person to leave alone on your farm. Just so you know. <laughs> yeah. Don't ever. <laughs> <laughs> I won't have to um, farm sit then. I've been blown away by the book and I I've I read over a couple of chapters and look at some of the quotes and the the transparency and the rawness and it's just it's 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 good to know that other people go through traumatic time. It's not good. I mean it's relatable. <laughs> when something's relatable, um because sometimes you feel like you're in the muck and the mire by yourself. Yeah. Well, and you walk. Because we live within our own brains and our own emotions. And I've had people say, well, everybody needs, everybody gets help through life. Not emotionally. You really don't. Even if you have the best therapist in the world, it's in your head. It's in, it's in, it's, it's in your body and you have to deal with it every day to live with it day in, day out. And honestly, I'm, I'm grateful. It's crazy, but I am grateful for everything that I went through that now I know that you can, or I could get through it. And I was so afraid mm-hmm. that I never would. And, you know, that's my biggest message is that I can't, it's, it's, I can't believe I did it. I can't believe I got through it. And I'm still like, wow, I, I feel great. And I, I don't have that heaviness anymore. If anything, all that trauma, all that anxiety just gave me power. It just transformed in the moment that I yeah. recognized it. It became mine in a different wow. way. So do you do you still have the blog? Do you continue to keep it updated? I've been slacking. I, I, I've been slacking on it. I'm getting ready to start it back up again. Yeah. I mean, it is, it's live. I have jakekaiser.com and it's still mm-hmm. gucci2goats.com. Yeah, um, which was my original blog. 
And I am working on that. I'm getting ready to, to start posting more, but it, it, I became very reclusive and having a book come out, um, be that you reclusive, you can't fighting that being social versus being reclusive and being so used to being by myself. Um, so I kind of just stopped mm-hmm. the blog for a little while just to try to enjoy what I could out of the book yeah. coming out. Do you, th- so it's just been a mixed bag. Some of it, some of it people find funny, but the people who reach out that are mm-hmm. suicidal or in devastating moments in life that wrecks me and it's exhausting, but I, I want them to reach out. I, I, I'm grateful to hear their story. And sometimes that's yeah. all people need. Um, but it is, it has been very exhausting um, to go through this process. So I didn't have the energy for the blog, but it's, I'm getting used to yeah. this now. So when was the I, book published last year. It hasn't been out so almost a year. Is there a, another book in the mm-hmm. works in your mind, in your heart? I have started writing here and there. Um, when yeah. I had, when it, when inspiration strikes, mm-hmm. I'm one of those, I'm one of those where I'm not like uh Jodi Picoult where she's like, write every day. I'm just like, nah, when I feel it, it's, it's, um, I have to be inspired because it, that inspiration will, I get it. I get the inspiration. Just having a couple lines or a paragraph that's powerful. That's coming from something yeah. that had to get mm-hmm. out of me. Um, that gives me a jumping off point. And that's what I did with this book. Um, like selecting okay. the moments like outline. Like, did you know, but yeah, you outlined it. Yes. A- yeah. I, I did some specific moments and I had, I don't know, 2025 20, like milestone moments or moments that stood out to me. Um, and then I chopped them down from there, obviously with my editors and, and there was a lot more, uh, pain in it. Um, and I, we wanted to have a nice balance cause I don't want, I didn't want people to be depressed. And I'm like, ultimately it's not depressing at all. Ultimately yeah. it's, it's wonderful. I, I was just going to say it, the process obviously worked because it was a good balance. It was, it really was. Well, I appreciate that. Cause you know, that that's good feedback as a new author, um, hearing what people like. And I've joined some online, uh, like book, mm-hmm. like on Facebook, they have book groups that are pretty huge. And those people are half my people <laughs> and half not my people because they enjoy authors sometimes. Um, and I get it with some things like, you know, where pu- the publisher really messed up with the publishing of the book. And that's mm-hmm. annoying to read that stuff. I get it. Um, but sometimes these people who will never, they never aspire to be writers. They don't, um, they could be very harsh to some of these authors. Um, and especially if you're writing a memoir, you're, that is you're yes. putting yourself and That out is there. one thing that I've told the people I recommend the book to. I'm like, it's nonfiction, but it doesn't, it doesn't read like nonfiction. It really doesn't. They build it with kind of like an eat, pray, love under the Tuscan sun type thing type type book which to me read like mm-hmm. a movie uh, uh, yeah is, is there any talk of making a movie i'm sorry uh yes there uh it's currently but you know the chances of that are so slim but it is with um producers now in la who are um that's amazing around and 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 so, well, it, it, I mean, the opportunity is wonderful. Who would play you? I, I don't know how old she is. Cause I was 38 when I moved here. So I was thinking Anne Hathaway would be good. Or, um, they had asked me who, and, and I said, you know what? I said, you know what? I'd be happy if any of them were interested at this point. That's wow. That's next level, like lifetime mm-hmm. achievement. But we're nowhere near that point yet, ladies. <laughs> so, yeah, just t- it's a shame for Jennifer Garner's not because I think she's too old. She's too old now because she's like our age, yeah. and yeah. but yes. she would have been good. Yeah, and I don't know a lot of the younger actresses, but I, I mean, it needs to be someone that has some comedy. Yeah, that 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 can pull because they asked me how I'd want it to be, how I'd want the movie to finish, and I said, well. 
probably along the lines of the book where I do end up single, which I don't want to give yeah. that away, but I just did. Um, but I wanted it to end with some inspiration. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a movie and I think it's called how to be single. Um, that came out several years back and I watched it and it was, um, this, they're, yeah. they're always worried about guys. And then at the end, she had always wanted to do some trip by her, or this big trip. She'd always want to do that. She had been working towards like backpacking and the end, she's just decides I'm going to, I don't, I don't have mm-hmm. anybody. I'm yeah. going to go do it anyway. I'm not going to let that stop me. And that's, that was impactful to me. Cause I thought, yeah, that's exactly what I did. I wasn't going to let, I was, I was going to move here when I, even though I thought when, you know, I wanted to be married and I knew I was coming to Mississippi and maybe single forever. Um, but I did it anyway. I didn't want to wait around for right. someone else, for a man to show mm-hmm. up. Now, if he shows up, he's just icing on my cake. Cause I'm cake. It's already good. <laughs> without the icing but if if the icing shows up fantastic that's awesome so do you is there ever like animosity from other women in your area like oh yeah yes I, i i don't know how but i've noticed this with other with other women in general it's it's you don't see men generally being jealous of other men Maybe, maybe a little insecure around, but they don't, they don't show it. They don't. Yes. You know, and I've had, I've had both. I mean, I've got, I've had people that are really great that have been super supportive and the people that don't, they just don't, they don't come around me. They don't, you can, it's very obvious who maybe likes a post or is consistently supportive. Oh yeah. Um, you know, but I mean the, the hidden enemies thing, eh, whatever. (laughs) I mean, I, I accomplished something that even when I got the agents, people kept saying, well, you know, most people can't write a book. Well, you know, it's really hard to write a book. It takes years to write a book. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to knock this thing out. I'm going to red bullet for six weeks. And I did. And cause this is exhausting. So I had to red right. bull just to stay awake. Yeah. But I can also say you know, like the Jake I knew. If you tell her she can't do something, <laughs> hell yeah, she can. I mean, I got a yeah. stubborn streak. Yeah, thanks for calling that out. Um, people do come out of the woodwork to let you know how how um, unlikely it is that you will be successful. <laughs> they love to do that, <laughs> yes. and it's yeah. it's ridiculous. And, yes, and people. That's right, and it's funny to me because there's this. I've heard this repeatedly that when you're yeah. working on something, mm. keep it secret. Um, but I went about it the opposite because I'm like, you know what? I'm going to let those haters out there. They're going to envision me in this spot, even though they hate me. They're going to envision me with a book and that's going to trigger their issues and their insecurities. But they're going to help mm. me manifest this. Yeah. Use your use those enemies because, you know, they're never going to go away. You're always going to have them. No, and 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 the truth is, if we ever got together, we probably mm-hmm. like each other. And I don't really, I, I don't know of anyone specific, but I, you know, you hear things, and I, I've heard things from people, and I'm just like, I'm okay. I, I this was my art, this was my voice, and not everyone's going to like it. And some people are not going to like it simply because I'm the one that wrote it. And you know, I, I've I've definitely seen women who have had an issue with my freedom. What do you mean? Just, I understand just that. because I, uh, I, I have a lot of freedom when, you know, cause I'm not a mom. now. I'm not, I'm not a mother or spouse. And, and there's a lot of freedom that comes with that. I can take a nap in the middle of the day. Yeah. And I, and the irony is I wanted that life. I wanted what they have. And I'm like, <laughs> I didn't ask for this, but I'm going to, I'm going to wallow in, in my, freedom and my happiness and my lack of anxiety. Now I'm going to wallow in it. I'm going to enjoy it. Wallow in a good way, like a, like a pig in mud. I'm going to enjoy it. And I want that for everyone. Even people who have been, who get triggered or I want that for them. I I want to trigger people. I don't know if there's anything triggering in the book to women. 
Uh, I haven't had anyone say anything to me. Just men will say things. Um, but I want them to be triggered because that, that eat, pray, love, that one line triggered me. And I can't tell you a line out of any book. And what was the line again? Ruin. Ruin is a gift. And I was so angry when I read it that I should have known something was wrong. Why do I hate this woman now for nothing? Or ruin is a gift. I remember so much to the point where I couldn't look at her book, but I didn't throw it away. And it came back around. And then I was like, yeah, girl, it is a gift. I got, cause remember I was thinking, this is, she's insane. <laughs> and I did have one woman who is probably in her seventies come up to me at a book signing. And she goes, um, I read your book and I'm still not sure, certain that you're not crazy, <laughs> but I'm gonna go ahead and buy two more copies because because people need to read this. And I'm like, I think going back to elderly who just say, you know, whatever is popping into their brain, it just flows out of their mouths. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm okay with that because I have, I have some of those traits myself yeah. and I'm not elderly yet. <laughs> we had to do this activity today where we had to come up with quotes that recommend us, rec- recommend us, Good Lord, represent us. I wanted to share my two quotes, but now I can't get the program to open. So I guess it wasn't meant to be. We had to do it. We had to do a self-reflection and like five great things, five things I did well this year, five things I didn't do well this year, five things I'm going to do well next year. I kind of felt like I was saying the same thing over and over again, but. How do you feel doing that kind of um, stuff? So I didn't want to do it. Because self-reflection is hard um, Mm -hmm. to do. And, but I actually enjoyed it after I did it. So I guess. Like that question would be tough for me. I I wouldn't really necessarily want to do that question, but, but self-reflection when you can make it actually fun, like, um, just reviewing the life review that I did. Um, it, it became so fun to me where I was like, I'm going to do this every day just for fun. Do I like this? Nope. Or yeah, yeah, I do. And that became really fun. And that is self-reflection mm-hmm. and it leads to a lot more in-depth analysis of your life and it becomes second nature. And every day, do I like this? Do I not? Do I do a gut oh, check. That's good. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, just get through we're old filter. enough that if you really don't like doing something, you shouldn't have to do it anymore. No, mm-hmm. no. Or if you do have to do it, I mean, there are probably tasks on your farm that you don't like to do that are that are a necessary evil. But what is your least what is your least favorite chore on the farm? OK, this is a double edged sword. Um, helping the goats with their birth. Uh, it's not anxiety causing. It is, I know how close I am to life or death. And most people think it's very exciting, but I'm scared yeah. to death every single time. And I, I don't even know, I've lost count of how many times I've done it, but I just know that I don't know what to expect. I don't know, am I going to have, is it going to be breached? Am I going to have to go in? If I have to go in, it hurts them and that breaks my heart. Um, and I would say it's yeah, that. That makes sense. Um, and that's not what most yeah. people I think would say. Most people would probably say shoveling shit. I, I don't mind that. I don't mind the exercise. I don't like the heat, the summers, but all fall, winter and spring. I'm good. Excuse me. I'm good outside doing whatever it is I'm doing, but the, the birth I can see that. is difficult. For well, me. because it literally, I mean, anything can happen, right? anything can happen and i don't know and what's you have going no control over it um like you can do the other things as well right. like if you don't do them well enough it's because you didn't do them well enough and you can either not do them well enough or work harder to do them better but that's something you have zero control over that's right you're dealing with mother nature and just like when these babies were born i didn't expect the largest oh. one the boy to be deceased already and usually it's the opposite it's the mm. smallest but instead the biggest healthiest one just didn't make it and and you blame yourself or i blame myself and then the two tiny little girls that are the ones i, mm-hmm. I would be nervous about losing them 
are thriving, but I didn't, you don't know what to expect. And, um, you know, there's some times when that birth is so easy. And one time she's literally projectile babied out on me. I thought she was going to pee and she thought she was going to pee. So she squatted to pee. A baby came flying out, landed on my foot, on his back. (laughs) And I'm like, Hazel, you had a baby. (laughs) And she looks shocked. I'm shocked. And she just, I pick it up and take it to her. And I make sure I'm like, it's perfectly healthy, but it was shocking. That's never happened just to have a baby shoot out when she thinks she's going to tinkle. So, um, yeah, so, so that's, that's a rare story where it's that easy. Um, usually there's some sort of difficulty and a lot of screaming and blood and goo and it, it hurts, you know, they're, they're fine. They're, they recover really quickly, but in the moment you don't know what to expect. And it's my least favorite thing to do. Plus you have no life while that is happening. It's not like they have them right clockwork. They're probably going to have them on the worst night in the middle of the night during mm-hmm. a storm or when it's freezing cold. They don't pick. How do you time. know that it's time? Like if you're at home in bed because uh, it's nighttime, you do. Oh, you hear the scream. Mm. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> it's blood curdling. And you know that. You, and you know they're pregnant. You, you but you know about yeah. when it's going to happen. So you're kind of um, expecting it. And they. Yeah, I watch and they're generally with my with mine, their udder gets really, really full a few days before. And then, you know, it's go time when like they're they're very wide right before. And then um, and then as they go into labor, those babies drop and they start looking uh, really skinny. Oh, wow. Weird. So the, the, they go down underneath the belly instead of the side and it, pull, it pulls their skin and muscles and everything down. So they look super skinny uh. and uncomfortable. Um, and that's when I know I'm lucky okay. if I have hours. I just go get the warm water and towels and whatever else I need. Oh, wow. Are triplets rare? I feel like trip. No. Mm-mm. Wow. Poor mama goat. Not for goats. They can have one or five. I've never had wow. more than triplets. But I think I think five and four are a little uh, are much more rare, but the triplets are pretty typical twins and triplets. And then I have two that just have single singletons. So, wow. And do you, obviously you don't keep all of the baby goats or no, no, I can't. Cause the little boys are fertile really early. And so I try to, to sell those quickly. Um, you know, when they're ready to go, uh, I keep all the babies with their moms for as long mm-hmm. as they can. And then when they start showing sexual interest, um, I do not want my little girls getting knocked up at oh, two and three yeah. months old, which has happened. <laughs> yeah. They're, wow. uh, my breed is fertile. Wow. Wow. That is for sure. Well, thank you. So it was such a pleasure mm-hmm. to talk to you and to see you again. It's you too. It's crazy that like double the time has passed from the time, like it's been another whole lifetime from when we were hanging out. Well, for sure. Cause that would have been before yes. I was 25 and I'm you know, yeah. 49. Like literally twice the age. That's insane. Wow. This <laughs> is insane, but I'm so grateful to you too for reading it. And, uh, uh, and I'm very happy that you it did. liked it and it resonated with you. It, it is. It um, is a very, that means a lot. It's a book I will be that you're reading again and listening to. And, um, yeah. it's just, you know, I had a lot going on at work. I had one ear butt in it, it, on my lunch and I'm just kind of listening and, so thank you for putting that out there and telling us your story. It, yeah. it means a lot. It's very inspiring. You're welcome. I wish I could have done sound effects. I wish I could have given doing the audiobook. I wish I could have, you know, <laughs> piped in, you know, some of the when I'm those moments when I'm quiet and just uh reflecting. I wish I could give people that the senses that I had, the the hearing, you know, the the wind through the trees, the smelling fresh air. Um, I wish that I could give that to the people. But, that, it, but that you, did, you did. It was. Yeah. It was there. It was all there. Well, you have to keep us posted. And if if it becomes a movie, you have to come back on. Mm-hmm. 
And oh, if yeah, you write another book, you have to come back on. So of course. Of course. And I'll tell you this, if you guys or any of your listeners um, are have a book club that they want to read Daffodil Hill, I'm happy to to call in and, oh, wow. and speak to That's, your that club. That is so awesome. That is so do you do you don't do any marketing anymore, right? Like you don't have to do that anymore. It was not a, a feel good situation any longer. Like, does it bring me joy? No. Well, no, because I had, I lost my creativity because I had burnout yeah. and I had to, I had to face myself. I didn't know that's what it was, but it, it killed my career. I think you're doing just fine. But then, but then everything changed and I, I, I was like, something has to give. And then I, yeah, I got a book that deal. Is awesome. So it, it, like I said, there's a moment that you have to take a breath after you've, after you've done something big that you just have to pause and have faith that it's going to be okay. Even though you've scared yourself for whatever reason, leaving a career, uh, moving, whatever it is. And I've learned to take that, that pause and know that something else is coming. And then Cosmo people, amazing. UK daily mail book, um, the book, it was one thing after the other. I'm like, cool. Okay. I've, I've proved it. We're, I, I I did it. I took a breath. I didn't panic. And I'm, I continue to do that with important things in my awesome. life now. If it's meant for me, right, it'll it'll happen for me. Yeah, guys, this was yes. really fun. And, and Jen, you're Stay bringing me back. Bye. Take care. Bye, Bye guys. Thank you. 